Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. My name is Jagodan and I run a children's wear brand called Malinka. Our daughter Malina was the inspiration to my business. She was born with Down syndrome. It affected her ability to hear. The biggest challenge for Malina is communication. I saw my GP and he identified that I do, did have depression. Yeah, from there I, w I went and visited my local mind centre. I was able to access um, different tools and different resources that I wouldn't have known before. We're just about to meet Poppy Ant and Poppy Deck. Hello! Hello, baby! <laughs> Hiya! Uh, you know there's a slight difference between them? What's that? Is that the, the stock they're from. Yes. Is that Declan is from breeding stock. Yeah. So he is... A stud. He's a bit of a stud. Hello and welcome to SNS Online. Today's show features an award-winning creative film agency that specialises in making innovative, thought-provoking and issue-led films that both challenge the way we think and offer a voice to those who otherwise may not have a platform. As well as generating vital awareness about important causes, their work has actually led to laws being successfully challenged and changed. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the creative director of Postcard Productions, Sam Forsdyke. So Sam Forsdyke, creative director of Postcard Productions, uh, welcome to SNS Online. Thank you for having me. Now tell us about the origins of uh, Postcard Productions and obviously your own involvement. Um, so I uh, graduated from university, I was doing an English degree, which is a brilliant degree to do because you just read lots of things and then realise that you are um, available to do everything and nothing when you graduate uh, and hadn't really thought about what I was going to do. And I sort of ended up getting uh, a job in television, which I knew nothing about at the time. I was working on the South Bank show, um, which was a beautiful programme to work on. Wow, that's pretty cool. Arts programming um, and kind of sort of learnt my craft there. Uh, and then from that... I moved into sort of broader factual television, um, everything from sort of serious documentaries to Hell's Kitchen, which ironically does count as factual <laughs> television. Um, and then I sort of did that for a few years and then thought, do you know what, I've, I've learned the things I want to learn, but I want to have a bit more control over the things I'm making. Um, and so with the naivety of, you know, being a mid-20-something going, OK, I'll just set up a company. Uh, and I'd met Rich. Um, my business partner now um, through our mutual work at, in television. And he was sort of of a similar feeling that he wanted to uh, do something where he had more control and direction. And so on a whim, we set it up. Um, and really our, our idea for it was to try and work with the charity sector um, and help them make films that told the stories at the heart of what they do um, and see within that whether there would be potential for longer form um, content that we could turn into documentaries, which was kind of what we were trained and experienced in doing. Um, and yeah, so that's where it all began. So, I mean, this is sort of like quite a touchy-feely company, if you like. I mean, how did um, that sort of aspirational ethos evolve? Um, I think partly in reaction to what we've been doing before. Um, when we're both working in television, um, you know, there is a little bit more of sort of the entertainment requirements of what you're making and I think we both felt that we were coming across incredible stories but they weren't being told 
in ways that we wanted to tell those stories um, and that we wanted to get to the heart of things a bit more and give things more development and more time and get into them, which in TV, you know, it's all about being much quicker and moving things along quicker and not losing audience attention. Um, so it was a bit of a sort of a bold thing to want to try and do. Um, but essentially also we wanted to come home at the end of the day and feel proud of what we were doing and feel that, Yes, we might have slogged our guts out to make something, but it was worth it because if one person watched it and thought about something differently, that would be great rather than just, you know, channel hopping as soon as the credits rolled and never thinking about the program you've made again. So, yeah, it was sort of quite an ambitious and, you know, maybe altruistic type of way to think about doing it. But it kind of drove us and has sort of guided the company ever since. And it's been nice to think that lots of other people have thought similarly about where you make films, commissioning films, wanting to be part of films. And yeah, we've got a lovely group of people now who all feel the same and we work with really interesting ideas. And I think it's because people go, you're a company that cares about what you do and you want to change things and we want to get on board with that. I know what it's like to live in fear. To put on a brave face and yet be falling apart inside. In the UK, suicide is the biggest killer for men under the age of 45. And it's the not talking about mental health that's so dangerous. So please, please give what you can. You could end up saving a life. Let's talk about some of the individual projects you've worked on and obviously the response they've had. Yeah, so we've worked on um, films which have gone global as part of viral campaigns for charities, which has been fantastic. We did uh, a film for Save the Children a couple of years ago, which we ended up working with Cristiano Ronaldo for, which you would never sort of expect um, those types of things. And then we also create what we call user-generated content films where we train people um, to be able to shoot their own stories on mobile phones. Um, people who normally wouldn't get given a chance to be in front of camera or wouldn't have the confidence to do it, but if they can control what they're filming and there's not a director standing over them and feeling pressured, um, we then sort of help them tell those stories and cut those into little beautiful UGC films that you know might speak very specifically to a community that is quite small, but that's as important as reaching millions of people with a global campaign. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really, really important. And then our broadcast um, side of the business... Um, we've tried to sort of take that ethos um, into longer form films. The Stranger on the Bridge was obviously the biggest one we have done to date. Looking for a man that changed my life. I just, I'm so grateful to him for stopping and talking. It, it really was the moment that my recovery started. I expected maybe the one person to come forward and say, this was me, but I actually had quite a number of people come forward. Is it just a case of just wanting to thank him? Just want to give him a hug. <laughs> the trends map where the hashtag find Mike is being used. Calls which is coming in all the time. This guy could be my Mike. That's, that's definitely not Mike. This guy is potentially the man that I'm looking for. I'm <laughs> petrified, to be honest. One of the most uplifting tales of our time. The Stranger on the Bridge. Monday at 9 on 4. At the moment, we're working on um, different projects all around the world. We're... Um, making a film in Yemen at the moment, which is wow. a logistical um, feat in itself. <laughs> um, we are making films about uh, stowaways who've hidden in the wheel wells of planes um, wow. for a Channel 4 documentary. Um, and we're, we're developing some other stuff around um, genocides in Africa as well. So, you know, we can be very, very local and make stories in Battersea, where we're based, yeah. and then make stories across the world. It kind of... Whatever's interesting to us, mm. we hope because it's interesting to us, we can make it interesting to other people. And so it can be a real 
sort of kaleidoscope of different things we're working on. So budgets presumably are reasonably good to do all the abroad stuff. That was one thing I was going to ask. You know, if you had a really great idea that involved, like, you know, hopping around a little bit, you you, you can deliver that if, if required. Uh, we absolutely try to. I don't think I'm yet to work on a project where I thought the budget was big enough. Um, it's always a game of, you know, squeezing it and making the most of it. But um, again, I think sort of the secret to that is we work with brilliant people. Um, I I tend to produce and direct the documentaries, but the the DOPs, the editors, the assistants, the other producers on it, they're an incredibly talented group of people and they are very, very good at helping us make things as cheap as possible, um, but without losing quality and coming up with ideas and ways of doing that and ultimately caring enough about it to want to do it that way as well. Um, We're not the most glamorous of companies and our shoots tend not to be the most glamorous of shoots, but um, it attracts people who care and people who are really talented and that's kind of the key to why I think we're able to do what we do. Good luck to everyone running in the London Marathon this weekend. I'm going to be with you in spirit. But whatever brilliant cause you're running for, do please wear your Heads Together headband to show your support for better mental health for everyone. I love the description of the one description I read, um, a company you can sit down with a nice cup of tea and a chat about your pet projects or play with our outstanding collection of wind-up toys. Yes, we have become quite famous for our, our wind-up toy collection. Uh, it's on display on a shelf in the office, um, which is basically a legacy of the first Christmas party postcard ever through. Um, we didn't have much money, and so we decided to get everyone a wind-up toy for Christmas, and then we'd have a wind-up toy race, and whoever won the wind-up toy race at the Christmas party would actually get a Christmas present. Um, so it started off because we couldn't really afford to do it, and everyone loved it so much that now... Our parties always seem to involve wind-up toys and people just post us wind-up toys, bring them into the office, um, and that's kind of what we've become known for. That's absolutely adorable. Let's name-check some of the people, some of the talented people that you have in the company. You've obviously attracted some incredible uh, talent. Yeah. Um, we work with really, really talented people. So um, in terms of our cinematography, we work with Franklin Dow um, and Will Hadley, who have both won and been nominated for Oscars and Emmys, You know, which is the creme de la creme of what you totally. can do in documentary or in any film. Um, and having people like that who can come to a project and say, OK, this is the story, but this is how I see you are going to see it and just completely transforming something, um, which might be a really, really simple aesthetic, but can completely and utterly tonally represent and take the project to another level. Um, we work with brilliant editors as well. Um, Lizzie is one of our main editors. She um, cut Stranger on the Bridge and is cutting our other broadcast projects um, and just has an eye for detail that... When you have been working on a, a film for months and months and months and then you take it into the edit and she's new to it, we'll look at it and go, hold on, you've missed a trick here or this is a, a really compelling story that you've overlooked. Um, and so having her, her attention to detail is incredible. And then we work with lovely people who are working with us day in, day out on a whole range of projects. We've been working with Matt Watt, who's an amazing cinematographer and editor um, ever since Postcard came on board. Um, Natasha... Um, who's one of our producers who helped produce Stranger on the Bridge and is now um, managing our Yemen project, which, you know, is sort of severely ageing her uh, day <laughs> by day. Um, and then, yeah, a whole host of other people. Um, I feel really bad that I'm probably missing Oh, you don't have to say everybody, but, you know. <laughs> there you are. Hopefully you've got a sense of it. They're all wonderful.
nobody else seemed to be making like a beeline for him like people were looking and I was thinking am I going to talk to him what am I going to say felt like I'd been given a life sentence and I thought that I'd never get better the main thing was just going in my mind you have the option to ignore it walk on or do something about it Let's talk about some of the individual films. I think one of the most famous ones is The Stranger on the Bridge, a moving and powering film with a totally adorable Johnny Benjamin and Neil Laybourne. I mean, what a story to convey to a mass audience. How did you first um, hear about that story? So we at Postcard, we've been making quite a lot of films in the mental health sector. And um, one of the challenges we found were people who felt able and confident enough to talk about quite serious issues on camera, which is understandable. I think speaking in front of camera about anything personal is difficult. If you have, you know, mental health issues, that might make it even harder for you. Um, And so I was trying to look around and see if I could find people who might be able to help us with this and just did a bit of Googling and came across Johnny Benjamin and his vlogs. And I just remember sitting down and looking at it for five seconds and then suddenly realising hours had passed and I'd just gone from one vlog to another. And he was this incredibly charismatic guy who, you know, for want of a better word, didn't look like he might have a mental health issue, which is one of the big stigmas that we're constantly trying to challenge. Um, And just spoke so openly and candidly and bravely um, about what he was feeling. So I just tweeted him. And sort of said, hi, we're this little company um, that make mental health films. Um, Would you be interested in a cup of coffee sometime? Johnny being Johnny wrote back, said yes. We met up a few times. And over the course of those meetings, he told us about what happened on Waterloo Bridge a few years ago. Um, And then we said to him, bear with us. But how do you feel about trying to make a film, finding this guy? And he sort of laughed and said, of course, I'd love to find this guy. But, you know, I remember nothing about him or the day really or indeed his name. <laughs> exactly, which is a fundamental point. At that moment in time, we're like, ah, don't worry about the details, we'll make it work. Um, and, you know, kudos to him that he said, okay, I'm in, I'm in with you guys, let's do this. Um, and so we just started thinking about how on earth could we try and find this stranger that had helped Johnny on the bridge that day and um, came up with a campaign, which was hashtag find Mike. Johnny didn't know the name of the person who saved him. And we said, if you could think of any name that it might be the person of what would it be and he said i don't know mike so that stuck um and we launched the campaign and um we were working with a mental health charity at the time and they managed to get johnny a slot on morning tv which was great and we thought oh, this is a really good opportunity to you know get 10 people interested mm-hmm. in the project we came out of the studios after johnny had been on camera and our phones just melted you know, within sort of half an hour of appearing on morning tv we were getting calls from la australia south africa and the hashtag find Mike just boomed. When when he walked through the door, I was just a bag of nerves. I've never been so scared in my whole life. Hiya. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. I'm alright. How are you? I'm alright. Yeah? I'm alright. You? Good. I didn't instantly recognise him, but there was something there. There was something that was familiar about him as he approached me. I saw you on the TV. Yeah, I saw you speaking on the TV. Don't be nervous, honestly. And then it was when we sat down and began talking. There was a moment when everything just came back to me and I could see him there on that bridge and... and there he was now in front of me and it was just overwhelming. It's just unbelievable because, oh my gosh, like, you know... Do you, do you remember me? Yeah, now I've seen you, like, it's all coming back. Really? You standing on the side of me and, um, 
he definitely said, it's all coming back now and I can remember your mannerisms and I can remember your voice and, you know, I can see you. You can tell, like, he, he just, he understands and he doesn't judge and just sits there with this kind of, this big smile and, uh, I think everyone could do with a friend like Neil. We just were able to really um, open up the story uh, to as many people as possible, which was really important in order to find Mike. Um, when Neil finally came on board, it was because his fiance at the time had seen the campaign. Nothing to do with him seeing it, but we were hoping that someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew Neil or Mike at the time would get in touch, and that's how it, it was very organic. Yeah. Obviously, we've had Johnny on the the, uh, the show quite recently. Um, he did mention something rather funny about when you were filming um, Stranger on the Bridge. Uh, we'll just cut to that. But then halfway through, because um, <laughs> we, we were filming in this uh, upstairs in a pub in, um, in uh, Vauxhall. And okay. um, there was this lorry that started reversing and the started, be, you know, <laughs> beep, beep, beep. And it was really, you know, we were talking, it was very emotional. And then suddenly... <laughs> We had to stop because uh, this and it would it, this lorry oh, kept reversing for ages. And um, but it, you know we laugh about it. We laugh about it. And um, yeah, hold that emotion just fair. Just, <laughs> just wait for a minute. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Uh, Johnny Benjamin. They're trying to uh, do it in a single take there. <laughs> yeah. Bless his cotton socks. I think we also need to talk about the fact that um, award-winning um, uh, postcard productions. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean... Don't be modest. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, we're, it's been really lovely that people watched it and said, hold on, we think this is worthy of an award because when we were making it, we were so wrapped up in the story and trying to tell it authentically and trying to make sure that we represented Johnny that, you know, none of that stuff was sort of on our radar and then the, the film went out and all of a sudden we started getting nominated for, you know, really big awards, which we'd never, you know, been to an awards event before in our lives or... Um, things like that and so you know we got nominated for the Grierson's and the Royal Television Society and I think from our perspective it was really really beautiful to see this story that everyone has said to us look this is too dark no one's going to want to watch this on television like you're never going to get it away Um, you know not only be a really big success in terms of audiences and critical response but then the industry going hold on yeah this is a, a really important film and it's what documentaries should be doing and it's authentic and it is unashamedly its own story without trying to do anything else. And getting that kind of feedback and hearing that from judges and um, receiving awards for it is, is just sort of a lovely, mm. lovely way to sort of finish that whole project. Absolutely. And the rest, as they say, is history. Let's listen to some more examples of postcard productions. I was with him the moment he was born and I was with him. At 21.46, when the machines were finally turned off. So from first symptoms of vomiting to Tim's death was 21 hours and 15 minutes. That was meningitis W. I teach boxing training to anybody who comes through my door. I don't see myself as a boxing coach, I see myself more as a mentor. The skills that I've learned over a 17-year professional career will last me forever, and I just try to give that to other people. I think if you can listen and then not be judgmental and then make people engage with whatever it is you're doing, that's how you get the best out of people. Then you give them a little bit of hope, a little bit of belief, and then 
you know, you will find people just rise to that. You know, you just got to plant the seed. And once you've done that, you just watch them grow. How do you see uh, postcard reductions evolving? Um, so we're really happy with how things are going at the moment and kind of the ethos that we started off with nearly 10 years ago, which is finding stories that try and engage with social change and um, make a real difference mm. once you finish watching them is kind of what we're doing, but taking it to bigger forms. So, you know, now we're making international films about issues in Africa um, issues in other parts of the world and sort of bringing those to audiences in the UK and globally. And that's really exciting. And, you know, there's millions of stories everywhere in the world and it's about finding um, ways of telling them is the thing that we love. Like, you know, there's an issue or a story that we really, really are passionate about and it's then thinking about, okay, well, how do we now communicate this to a wider audience? And how do we take something that might be seen as quite niche, like suicide or, you know, immigration, um, and actually saying, no, this isn't just about this. This is about human themes and ideas that you, who might never have experienced any issues around suicide or immigration, can still identify with and go, hold on, yeah, I get that. I get why that person feels like that. I felt a little bit like that in other capacities. And that's just, you know, I don't know where you could draw a line with that. It feels like the world is open to so many possibilities. And, um, yeah, we want to make more and more films and bigger films and, and reach more people. So Sam Forsdyke, thank you so much for coming uh, today. It only remains for me to give you your celebrity goodie bag as all our guests get. <laughs> ah, thank you. There you go, sir. Ah, that's amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. You didn't have to do that. Well, is there a wind-up toy in here? <laughs> I'll go for next time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. snsonlineshow.com your brand new one-stop shop for all things sns take a tour through our wide and diverse collection of shows and listen in to our exclusive range of in-depth interviews spanning the popular arts featuring actors writers journalists stand-up comedians musicians and more you can also enjoy our shorter bite-sized series covering vibrant new theater television and book releases and with our Arts Lifestyle Remit, you get to explore issue-based topics, including health, mental health, women's rights around the world, and LGBTQ. Contact us with both your comments and suggestions for future guests. And don't forget to read up on our blog, regularly updated with articles and photographs. A forum where everyone is welcome to contribute. snsonlineshow.com, your one-stop shop for all things SNS. SNS.